We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. We are back. Second show of the week. Hopefully, you guys checked out our NXT TakeOver recap show earlier. This show is all about boxing, and we're talking about Mayweather coming back for an exhibition against Logan Paul. 2021 is about to be as crazy as 2020. And then we have Errol Spence winning his fight this past weekend. We'll talk all about that and preview Anthony Joshua's upcoming fight and what that means for the future of heavyweight boxing. But first, the old man and I are talking about movies. Yes, we're going to talk uh, hip-hop and R&B on this show. We're going to push that later in the week because off-air, we got into a nice little heated debate because if you guys don't have this on your feed or anything on Facebook, there have been these comparisons between which comedians are better when it comes to movies. And they pit two different comedians against each other. Two of the biggest ones going on at this time, the first one is who's better in movies, Eddie Murphy or... Martin Lawrence. <laughs> there's, don't laugh, as the old man laughs. Oh, there's a contingent of people on Facebook who are pushing hard for Martin Lawrence. They, they drunk as hell. That ain't makes, no fucking that makes way. Better movies. 
Ain't, ain't, ain't does, no way. Does How old are these kids? Martin? I, don't, I don't know. People like my age. These, no, these got to be children. Because there's no way that you've seen Eddie Murphy in your life. And you're going to sit there and tell me that Martin has better movies than Eddie Murphy? Come on, dog. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, okay, so Martin has House Party. I'll give him House Party. He has the Bad Boy <laughs> series. He has the Bad Boy series. He has Blue Streak. And he has, like, a Big Mama's house. <laughs> like, like, that's, that's all I could give him. Listen, I, I'm not of the opinion that Martin's running away with it. Some people think Martin's, like, running is, away with it. Dog, this isn't um, even close. I don't think it is. And then you have, on the other aspect, you then have Eddie Murphy, who has Boomerang, um, Harlem Nights. What am I forgetting? I mean... Uh, Come on, man. Coming to America. Coming to America. America. (laughs) That's the Trump card, right? Like, that's. That's. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's. that's, Bruh, listen, listen, listen. I I love Eddie Murphy, but let's. let's, We have 48 hours. We have Trading Places. We have Golden Shot. Trading Places. Yeah. Come on, man. We have Golden. But we just had. My name is Dolomite. We just had that. Come on, man. Beverly Hills Cop 3 might be better than My Name is Dolomite. Uh, okay. I mean, that's one movie. I'm, none of, no, I'm nothing Martin will ever do in his life will touch Coming to America. Nothing. No, no, no. no. If he hasn't done it already, he's definitely not doing it moving forward. Boomerang? So, yeah, I mean, and Martin's in Boomerang. Yeah, still doesn't matter. But this, this, is, this is Eddie yeah. Murphy. Come on, man. 48 hours? Trading places? Trading places? Yo. 48 hours was funny. 48 hours is hilarious. Trading places is hilarious. Good too, right? Beverly Hills Cop? Hills Cop, that's what I mean. Like we can how can you forget how big Eddie Murphy was? Like and that's just how big he was. But then we just talking about the quality of movies he made. Coming to America is, is arguably a top 5 comedy movie of all time for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, quotables in that. We quote that every other day. My Damn god. Man. That shit is hilarious. This is absurd. Uh, this is offensive. Yeah, that, that people would compare that Martin be a blowout. Like that's not mm. even that's not even close. Um, the other one, which really led our debate coming into this, was Will Ferrell versus Adam Sandler. And I'm not sure where the debate comes in. We're arguing apples and oranges. We're at, we're arguing singles wrestlers versus tag team wrestlers. <laughs> no man. Adam Sandler, by far, has a better movie career as a comedian than Will Ferrell. Dog, you are drunk as fuck. You are drunk as fuck. There's no way. His best movies are a tag team act. Really? Yes, the other guys. He has a tag team partner, Night at the Roxbury, which I love. Tag team partner. Um, You go into Step Brothers, tag team partner. Adam Sandler was carrying shit dope. Wait, wait, you're not done. Tag team partner. Wait, wait, wait. There's Elf. Who's his tag team partner? Elf, really? You're bringing up Elf? Oh yes, yeah, so I'm gonna. Br- if you're gonna bring up Adam oh, yeah. Sandler, yeah. I'm gonna bring up Elf. Oh, Adam it Sandler stand with Billy Madison. It doesn't stand with um, fucking Waterboy. It doesn't uh-huh. stand with Big Daddy. Uh-huh. It doesn't stand with any of those. None of those can touch Anchorman. Happy Gilmore. None of those touch Anchorman, and I love Happy Gilmore. None of them touch. It Anchorman. doesn't touch Anchorman. You at least gotta say it's a. That's damn near a tie. Anchorman's hilarious, but that's damn near a tie. 
None of them touch Anchorman. Happy Gilmore doesn't touch Anchorman. No. And Water I love Boy. Happy Gilmore. No, Water no, Boy. fuck no, fuck no. I'm throwing my fucking Bobby Boucher look, 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 jersey look, right look, now. Look, I own a Bobby Boucher jersey. That's fantastic. Night at the Roxbury, Anchorman, uh, even his role in Zoolander. Will Ferrell. Okay, that was other- guest appearances. Okay. So we're, we're, then we got to throw in old school. Then we got to throw in. How many um, bricks does Adam Sandler have? He's got a lot oh, of bricks. He has a ton of bricks. That's that's the bad part. But, I mean, Will Ferrell gets real corny in some shit. Like what? <sighs> hmm, okay. I mean, I don't, cool. it's hard to name his fucking horrible corny movies. Because you can't. Because no, you can't. But Adam Sandler has corny. bricks upon bricks upon bricks upon bricks. Listen, I'm not holding that against Eddie in the prior conversation. What? Martin has bricks. Big Mama's house is a brick. <laughs> Big Mama house sequels are a brick. The first yeah, okay, you get away uh, fine. Yeah, but okay. dude, come yes. on. What? Like, like Will Ferrell and Daddy's Home? Come on, man. Come on. Will Ferrell over? <laughs> nah, come on, I'm man. Give it that to you. Semi pro, semi pro. Come on, man. Step look, you call it a tag team partner, but Step Brothers bodies a vast majority of Adam Sandler's catalog. <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler's catalog is fucking deep. What you is thinking? it? So yeah, it, it really Happy is. Gilmore, 50, 50 Water Boy, Fifty First Dates was really good. Oh come on, you don't like Fifty First Dates? I'm talking about you're comparing this to the other guys. Are you serious? No, I'm comparing. Happy Gilmore and Blaze of Glory. To the other Come guys. on, man. Talladega Knights. Are you serious? Tag team partner. Tag team partner. Are we comparing? Who is a star? Tag team partner? Come on, man. Who is a star? What do you mean? They're tag team partners. The Who is a star? No, Who is a star? No. That's not fair. That's not It's not? Fair. It's nope. not? So if you nope, take Will Ferrell out of that movie, that. those movies are just I'm a, as good? I'm a, yeah, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. I'm not saying they're just as good. They're tag team partners. Listen, man. All these movies that I've just named, because Will Ferrell's also in old school. Uh, Night at the Roxbury? He is. Like, come on, man. Wedding, Wedding Crashers is one of the best random appearances by anyone I've ever seen. Will like Ferrell Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory? Come on, man. Blades of Glory? Come on, Blades man. You really going to compare Adam Sadler to Will Ferrell? That's fucking black. I didn't know it was, you were that... Gung ho about this. Oh fuck I th- yeah! I, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty easy that Adam Sandler was. Going. I'm surprised. I was shocked when you didn't agree with me. Like even Get Hard. Oh, that was a horrible movie. What? And you gonna sit here and cape for Adam Sandler? Yeah. Adam Get Sandler Hard has what? Miss. Adam Sandler. Happy Gilmore is Adam Sandler's best movie. <sighs> Overall, Big Daddy is his best movie. Hmm. And we're talking about comedy movies because Uncut yeah, Gems, Adam comedy. Sandler's amazing. Uncut, that's, and, that's and Will Ferrell's also amazing in um, Stranger Than Fiction. But that, yeah, that's really neither like, here nor there. Yeah, I mean, I like to join with Seth Rogen too. Um, but the point is, like, Will Adam Ferrell Sandler. has more, like... Funny people. I won't even count that. Um, but Will Ferrell <laughs> just has more... Bangers when it comes to comedy movies, you can say tag team part, whatever you want. The vast majority of this stuff is funny because of Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell doesn't waste an appearance. And I like Adam so Sandler's. Adam Sandler is a very one note comedian. He does do a lot of the same shtick. I this to me this is like I again 
Happy Gilmore is one of my favorites. But when you put it up against old school stepbrothers, Anchorman, like though that like that's almost a holy trinity of comedy of white folks. <laughs> like like, <laughs> like semi pro, come on, man. I love that you put the caveat in there. Like yeah, Anchorman? Anchorman? Anchorman is like and absolutely like Will Farrell. I just thought it was apples and oranges. Nah, this ain't apples and oranges. Like you, you, Adam Sandler's a fucking cherry. Cause it, like man, he just he He's got a few, but he's had so many whack movies. So many. Like, I, I like Billy Madison. Yeah. I liked... I mean, after 99, I say Sandler hit a wall until about, like, 2012. Shit, he hit a wall long... What was it in 2012? I told you, I like funny people. <laughs> okay. I thought that was a good movie. I'm, we're we're talking about comedies. Like, Adam Sandler bricks on comedies. Will Ferrell doesn't really brick on comedies. Yeah, he put on a lot of weird shit. Like, in the meantime, like, um, I don't know, a lot of shit with David Spade really just missed the mark. All of his Netflix shit is very weird. It's bad. It's super mid. Yeah. Like, it's bad. A lot of that shit wasn't good. Like, it's like the do-over or do-or-die or some weird shit. It's, with, it's like, bad. Was, wasn't good. Like, dude, Taldega Nights? Come on, man. The, the who quote who gets quoted more Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler? Shit, that that's definitely they both yeah. have quotables, but Will Ferrell's taking that. Come I can't on, even man. lie on that. Like Ricky Bobby, don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Like <laughs> there's so much, there's so many quotables. Step Brothers alone has so many quotables, like a fucking million. Like we have of so them. much room for activities, or like don't this. trust my drum set. You're like, my nuts on your drum set. That shit's hilarious. Look, and and I, I like I like I know what you're saying, Fuck you know, with John C. Riley, because Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are just absolutely gold together. Incredible. They're they're incredible. remarkable. But Will Ferrell, when he sits out on his own, like he he clearly, as a writer and a comedian, he just he's got it. He doesn't miss. The only times he's missed, I think it's that the Holmes and Watson joint was whack. Um Zoolander 2, but that wasn't really him. And, like, what else has he starred in that's just whack? No, I guess... Like, Anchorman 2 could have been better, obviously. Yeah, Anchorman 2 was kind of trad. But, like, he... Yeah, I guess most of his guest appearances... It's just... His shtick does get, like, a little weird sometimes. Um, and a little corny. But, I mean, I can't say that Adam Sandler doesn't, right? I can't say that... Eddie Murphy hasn't had his fucking corny things. He had, like, some weird Halloween movie that was fucking... He had Bowfinger... In a, in a, what was it? Yo, a thousand people words. Like Bowfinger. I know. Like, I didn't. Like on some real shit. Like there's like a following for Bowfinger that thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there's you know people like Metro, but Eddie Murphy, like the highs are untouchable when it comes to Martin Lawrence. They're, they're just untouched. There is nothing that Martin can do that'll ever touch coming to America. Nothing. Ever. Okay. The other one I saw and. Uh, which is crazy because this is like wildly open. Which Wayne's brother has the best movie career? Oh man! Oh god! I I was I was I waiting think, for this because I mean, it's tough because Marlon got some joints. I and I think Marlon's like, so not funny. I know, like as a comedian, I don't think he's funny. But his movies, like I liked Six Man, as fucking stupid mm. and corny as it was. Um, I like the joint where he had, oh what is that the senses or whatever senseless I ain't like that any shit of those. was funny to me um, scary movie one and two were hilarious and I think he carried those 
You think um, he carried those movies? I actually, like, honestly, I, I thought so. Sean was great in those as well. No, no, no. I, I don't like Sean in anything. Um, ah, come girls, on, man. Sean, girls, Sean, tell, Sean telling uh, Regina Hall to put on the damn the shoulder pads and the helmet? <laughs> okay. All right. can't, <laughs> like, smoke All right, man. Uh, uh, don't be a menace. So, like, that's Marlon to me. I think Marlon got the the best catalog, which is crazy because a lot of people say Damon that it's Damon or Keenan. I mean, I no Keenan to me. Keenan's highlight is Low Down Dirty Shit. It is Damon. But they, they, Damon got more joint. Keenan Keenan really branched out and did like a lot of different shit. Like Keenan did like action shit. That was yeah. pretty good. Keenan, I mean, Keenan was, you know, the writer. Like, In Living Color was yeah. his brainchild. So, yeah, like, yeah. even when it comes to movies, like, Marlon's best movie is Requiem for a Dream. He was Ooh, okay. amazing yeah. in that movie. Yeah. But his comedy, oof, not a fan. Not a I fan at all. I still think he's the best comedic brother in terms of movies. Yeah, I hate all his movies. Like, I love scary movies, <laughs> and the, the brothers wrote it, so it's you don't like, like, white I can't. girls? Yeah, but that that was both of them. That was Sean and Marlon. What okay, is Marlon so without Sean? Team. So you're saying he's a tag team? I mean, they are family. So it's like what, it's a, when Marlon it's a stable. They're undisputed Mar- era. Like no, no, no. When Marlon doesn't have Sean, Marlon bricks. No, I like senseless without Sean. I didn't. I didn't like that shit at all. I I don't like. like that I didn't shit like that was either. cool to me. Like even Sean even can't do sh- or Sean can't do shit without Marlon. They need I, to me. Look, look. I don't think it's Keenan and Damon. Like Damon was like the the real comedic mastermind in terms of comedy. Like Keenan was. Pain. What else did he got? Who Damon? Yeah. Last Boy Scout. Cool, Which your boy Adam Sandler? Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> they had da- two joints, right? They had like a another shit. Like some I think pop so. Movie like a buddy Wait, the way is. The Wayans, it's, it's a weird thing with the Wayans because as a unit, the Wayans are amazing. But when you start separating them, it's like, you know, like Voltron for the kids like Voltron. Like the yellow line by itself is kind of whack, right? Yeah. So it's like whenever they had an episode of Voltron where they didn't form fucking Voltron, I hated it. They had to form Voltron for me to like it. That's the fucking Wayans brothers. When they're together and united, like in Living Color or the brothers together on Scary Movie, yes. But then like, oh, here's one. Uh, 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 I'm going to get you, sucker. Oh, okay. That's that's Keenan. Wrote it. Like all everybody's in it. But nothing that any of them has done to me will touch I'm gonna get you sucker. And I love scary movie. But I'm gonna get you sucker, and I guess it's part of my nostalgic childhood. I watched that shit so many times. <laughs> on replay, just on the on the VHS. As a kid on a loop, the whole the whole scene where uh oh my god, I can't remember her name. Is a uh, the fake boobs and she pops her leg off. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I cry at that scene every time. Keenan was a mastermind when it came to putting the like putting. And they put the whole family on. You put Kim on. Put Damon on. In Living Color, put J- Jim Carrey on. Yeah. Shit, crazy. Um, Jim Carrey movies, by the way, are not for me. Um, liar, liar! Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean he hit a wall. For a second, Liar Liar was my shit, so I can't fuck Liar Liar. But like, I I don't go back and watch Ace Ventura's. No, I don't like, either. You watch the, you constantly use the gift from the mask. To, yes, it's my favorite, <laughs> and I don't even like that movie. 
Yeah, I just love that that, that particular good. scene. No, Jim yeah. Carrey. I agree. Like Jim Carrey is, um, even though um, the Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is incredible, uh, Jim Carrey's comedy is very. <sighs> me myself, me myself, and Irene was okay. Oh no, it's not okay. That was great. <laughs> yeah, Yo. like, like the punching and shit. Like that was funny. Um, but I'm, I'm, this is like random, and then people are like, "Where's the boxing?" But. If you go back through all these movies, there are so many movies that Anthony Anderson is in in like these small spots, and then you oh. just watch him grow. He's in he's barbershop so stealing the ATM, right? Yep. Like he's in Me, Myself, and Irene as one of the kids. Yep. And he's now look in, at him. Um, he's the he's Pookie in the drive-through in Harold and Kumar. Yes. That shit is hilarious. Like he <laughs> like, was, he was uh, great. Who could play that game? That's the one. Like, he was great in that. Oh, he stole that show. He was the yeah. best. He was the best in that movie. He's um, had such yeah, a career that's been slept on. Like, he's, yeah, he's done a lot. It. Oh, he yeah. crushed it. I think the last comedic debate that I've seen going around, which isn't really even a debate, which is fucking weird, is... Um, I was, I was going to say Kevin Hart, but not him. No, we're not doing uh, What's the name of the pimp guy? Cat, Cat Williams. Williams. Yes. Cat Williams versus Omar Epps. And I was oh, like, there's Ma- you mean Mike Epps. Or Mike, Mike Epps, Epps, excuse me. Mike Epps versus Cat Williams. Not yeah. Omar Epps. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mike Epps versus Cat Williams. I was like, there's not even enough there. Like, yeah. Cat Williams is like, in stand-ups, Cat got him leaps and bounds. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I like every one of Cat Williams' stand-ups, by the way. I don't think mm-hmm. he's missed. Like, he could be on wild amounts of drugs, and I think he's fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, I don't, like Mike Epps, and I love Friday, next Friday and Friday after next. I just watched those again the other day. Friday after next is probably don't the do top it. Five Let's, Christmas movies. Okay, that's no, about just as far as Christmas go. movies. Yeah, oh, we'll yeah go. No, no, no. we're not gonna really fuck with that. No, I, you know my take on next Friday. I, Friday. We're not doing this. We're not doing it today. Stop. <laughs> no. We'll just talk about how Mike Epps is not that funny outside of those Friday movies. Um, no, he had. I don't know if it was Death at a Funeral. I think he was in Spot, but he was funny. Um, he had the family reunion joint with Martin too. That was funny. Um, Martin was really good in that one. Boom! Another Martin movie that was recent and pretty good. What? Uh, Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. Mm. That we'll shit was funny. It was, uh, yeah, it's just it's not touching Eddie Murphy. That's all. Uh, that death at a funeral with Chris Rock. Those were both pretty good. Yeah, it's still not pretty touching Eddie Murphy. Good movies for Martin. No, 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 no. He's not. He's not fucking no. Eddie. It's not fair. But yeah, Epson's just like a. To me, he's a secondary guy, and so is Cat Williams. So I don't think yes. people battling with that. Like we're talking secondary comedians there. But I can't believe. Like I can't believe. I mean, maybe I think you you switched me over to Will Ferrell. Maybe I still say apples and oranges. But Will Ferrell's fucking hilarious. So I might have to change my stance on that. It just, I got to concede because the quotables, there's too many quotables in there. He just doesn't stop. His delivery, the way he delivers, oh man, is incredible. Yeah, he went straight off of quotables on that. So yeah, I felt like talking about comedians to open this show. So I didn't. Thank you guys for entertaining me on that. When we come back, it's time to get into boxing, the reason that we're here. So you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back.
All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back, and it's time to dive into combat sports. I know you guys are like, finally. But uh, it's boxing, and first thing we have to talk about, Dre, is that Floyd Mayweather, 2021, is putting a stamp on his next exhibition fight. We saw him fight in Japan a couple of years ago. I mean, maybe it was just 2019, 2020. seems like it's been three years long. So he fought in Japan in an exhibition. People were like, okay, whatever. We watched it. It was in Ryzen, I believe. It's like, cool. This one... Pay-per-view, not against, you know, an up-and-coming MMA star or someone who actually has hands. He's facing professional 0-1 Logan Paul in an exhibition. Make it make sense. Um, It's an exhibition. Okay. That's all I got. But, I mean, I don't get knocked out in exhibitions every day unless yeah. they have headgear on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like have headgear. Like, you can't have headgear. Like, that just looks cheesy to the eye. This is a... People who are upset about this, just don't watch it. It's not a real fight. I don't I don't care. I do think it's hilarious, to a degree, that there's so many boxing journalists out there that are, like, shitting on this. And then fight week, that's all they'll be writing. <laughs> it's like, look, man, it is what it is. We've talked about this before. It's an event. Logan Paul, six foot two, two hundred pounds. Floyd Mayweather is five foot nine, one hundred and maybe sixty pounds right now. They'll do an exhibition match. Floyd will beat the shit out of Logan Paul, and a lot of you will watch it. You may not oh, like yeah. it, may not pay for it, yeah, but everyone's gonna watch it. Well, see, well, Floyd. Here's the brilliance of it, right? There's a genius behind this. Floyd don't give a shit if we watch it. He knows Logan Paul people are going to watch this fight. That's what he cares about. Those kids. They'll pay. Just to see Logan Paul do anything. Yep. And, and, and he gets a new audience. An audience that don't give a fuck about Floyd Mayweather may now care about him. Yeah, like he, Floyd Mayweather is 43. I think he'll be 44 in February. 
and he's gonna fight and just make a bunch of money to do to to box somebody who has no business being in the ring with him. But if you're gonna pay that man seven figures to do this, why would he say no? If you don't like it, don't watch it. That's all. He won't even he won't even trade for it. There's he no didn't trade for Connor. <laughs> he trained a little for Connor, dude. It's not like dude. a real camp, but he trained a little for Connor, dude. There were so many times, like I'm so many, I'm glad that so many years have passed because people who know know this story. Floyd didn't do shit. The only time he showed up at the gym was for media day. Like he would occasionally do <laughs> stuff, but Floyd didn't like Floyd didn't care because he knew what he was going to do. Like he would do light sparring. Like Floyd always is in shape. That's pretty much yeah. We know that about Floyd. Yeah. When he's not fighting, he runs. He does all those things. But when it came to like working sparring like showing up at the gym it was like are the cameras coming yes all right i'll be there other than that no i'm going to eat a big mac yeah <laughs> it made the way easy yeah, it's he just floyd moves. he just yeah, stays in shape he, he didn't have to game plan for connor he walked him down <laughs> for all those rounds he just waited for him to get tired yep that was it there's no training and logan paul he'll do the same thing you think floyd hasn't been in the gym beating up people the size of logan paul please oh easily I mean, Floyd puts hands on ninety percent of the human population. Yes, like Logan, so. This Logan he's Paul not going to do anything no for this. The media day no. will be a circus. Whenever that happens, if people are allowed to come to it, he knows what he's doing. And then this the, you know, in Vegas. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I guess they have to figure out whether there's going to be fans or not. I guess that'll be very important to Floyd. Uh, I do think it's interesting that they're doing this tiered pay per view system. Like, after the first million or so, then it goes up. Like, we are ever going to know how many pay-per-views it sells. It could go tomorrow. We sold a million in one day. Who going to tell me lying? <laughs> yeah. such a, it's such a... It, people like numbers, right? People enjoy numbers. Like, for instance, my book has sold a 1,000 copies in one week, which is amazing to me because I never thought I could sell that many copies. Some people would be like, I thought I would sell more. Fuck you. Um, thousand thousand books sold. <laughs> Great. One week. The way this thing happens, though is every day, like, you guys see me tweet about it or whatever, but whenever I put a number, like, as for instance, as we're recording this show, I put a number, and I was like, because I was literally 23 away from 1,000, right? As soon as that happened, I got, like, 22 orders because I put a number there to tell people that you can help me reach my goal. So when Floyd does the same thing, it was like, oh, with 17 pay-per-views away from a million, people are going to buy the pay-per-view. May or may not be true, but people are infatuated with numbers. The best-selling magazine covers in history, I know this from, like, the source in XXL, have a number on them. It's the weirdest shit. What? People are infatuated with numbers. That, that's wild. Yeah, if you, the power, the, the source, what was it, the power 50? Always the top seller. You put a number, who's number one? People go nuts over that shit. Oh, yeah, like rankings and shit. People yeah, they just rankings. love numbers. Numbers yeah. work. So Floyd's going to tell you, they're like, oh, we got a half a million. If you don't get in now, you're going to miss out. And people want to be a part of that. It's a brilliant marketing strategy. It's total bullshit. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so, again, this is the second time, fairly quickly, we've seen a retired boxer go for a legit exhibition, right? Like, this ain't shit but him fighting a YouTuber. Like, this, he might as well fight me and you. We got equal chance as Logan Paul in this fight. Yes. But so we, we see 
Floyd doing this, is this the beginning, him and Tyson, of a long run of exhibition fights? Um, That's a good question. On one hand, I would say yes. But I think they both say yes. But I think they both, both and whoever, careful of burning this out too quickly. You got an event is only an event if it doesn't happen every month. Once it happens every month, then people are like, I can miss it and wait for the next one. So like the Super Bowl is once a year. The reason why it's so big is because it's once a year. If the Super Bowl happened every three months, people would be like, I'm cool. I'll watch it in 90 days. So with this, you can't do it, but maybe once, maybe twice a year. If you do it like four times a year, it, it'll, it'll burn out real quick. Because you can only limit, you can only have so many matchups that are going to intrigue the public. Because after this, who's Floyd going to fight after that? <laughs> I don't, you got to fight someone real. <laughs> I tell you that one. I don't know. He doesn't have to know. fight anybody real. Like he maybe fights Jake Paul. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at least Jake Paul knocked out Nate Robinson. Right. And people still want revenge for that shit. <laughs> I saw memes uh, of Floyd getting his revenge for Nate. Yeah. They're, they're, okay. The memes are out there. This shit is hilarious. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. Floyd. Obviously, we know what Floyd is about now, and Floyd's about that money. <laughs> now, so <as> it makes. <laughs> no, I mean, in general, in in life. But if the dollars, you know, make sense, then he's he's there. So I don't expect a knockout. I think Floyd carries him. I, I wonder though, like he stops McGregor. So at a point, he. You know, he gave a, I don't know, fuck it. Like, I'm tired of being in this ring. I wonder if he does the same with Jake Paul. I'm not yes. sure if he could carry Jake Paul. No, I mean, I'm not sure dude. if he's even good enough to carry. Like, I'm not sure if he could withstand even pitter-pat punches. You saw what he did to Tension at Ryzen. He blew oh, that he kid out in the round. Yeah, yeah. That was... And you also know, like, part of that was because, like... <laughs> The people were like, oh, Tension's got a good chance. And Floyd got annoyed with that shit and was like, I'm just going to yeah. beat the shit out of this kid. So, yeah, yeah. Now, he had a point to prove there. <laughs> yeah, it's really contingent on how Logan Paul approaches this fight. If he talks and talks and talks and talks and talks, Floyd will be like, all right, cool. This is good. We're selling the fight. But then if he starts t- saying some madness and his fans start saying shit, and then there ends up being a betting line where Floyd can bet on himself, oh, yeah. He'll figure out where he needs to make the most money. Where the long odds are at, he'll bet on himself, and then he'll finish him in that round. That's the key. That's what people don't understand. Once there's a betting line, Floyd is in on it. Oh yes, it's all it's all about the gamble. Betting so, junkie. Uh, yeah. Oh, crazy. But we had a real fight this past weekend. Let's talk about that. Errol Spence Jr. took on Danny Garcia, in which I thought the pay per view card actually. Let's just talk about the card for a second. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It had exciting fights. Josecito Lopez looked good. Uh, they had the giant of a kid. F- Fundura. <laughs> Yo. Kid Yo, is 6'6", 154 pounds. And can crack. Yo, he, he reminded me of the giant Gonzalez. When he went Man. to wrestle like uh, the Undertaker, Mania. Like, why the fuck is this kid so big? It looked like he was fighting a toddler. It didn't look fair. But he can fight. He's made that entire fight. 54 division very interesting off of one fight just because he's six foot six. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird puzzle, right? Like, you only do that at heavyweight where you step in and you'd be like, yo, I might have to fight a motherfucker like Stefan Struve. 
and I'm, <laughs> you know, and I'm Bigfoot Nelson. So like, I'm like, or a big country. Like I'm 5'10", 5'11". Like Mark Hunt knocked the hell out of Stephen Struve. Like he's 5'11", Struve is seven foot. And you gotta figure out a way to beat his ass. I don't think lighter divisions ever think they have to worry about that. So now it's just weird. Like, how do you get inside on someone who's six six? Who do you spar to get you ready for that? I don't know. You just, I don't know. Just beat up a bunch of kids. That's all. They, how they all look to him. Then, then the motherfucker says after he <laughs> destroys my man and gets him out of there in what two rounds, he says, "Where's my glasses? Because I can't see." And yo, he was squinting crazy. He can't see. He talked about Christmas shopping. Like, there's so many things that's likable about him. And I'm like, all right. I've seen him fight before. It was just absurd seeing him fight again. And I'm just like, my God. 54? does he fight blind? He can't see. He needs his glasses. Yeah, but, like, if I take my glasses off right now, like, I guess I can see in a fight. But it's much better if I have contact lenses in. Dog, I don't know. Get the man some laces. He's like like Jameis Winston. Playing (laughs) half his life with no, no vision. Out there yeah. just throwing 30 picks because he didn't get LASIK yet. He don't know. He gets LASIK and it could mess his whole game up. <laughs> You're seeing too clearly. I was yeah. better when I didn't see the punches. Like, all right. Yeah, but the undercard was good. It was entertaining. And then we get to the main event. Errol Spence, over a year layoff, of course, had the car accident. Um, and I did a couple radio spots throughout the week. I'm sure you did as well. Where, you know, we go on and people ask our opinions and, you know, we're billed as the experts in these scenarios. So I had to, like, sit down and watch and really think about my points heading into the fight. And each show I was on, they kind of looked at me like I'm crazy, which I'm used to being on the show with you. But I thought I had a valid point. Like, I thought we would see, going into this fight, a better version of Errol Spence. The best version we've seen of Errol Spence in four years. Even though he went through such a horrible and traumatic crash and incident, I thought that he'd be better because it refocused him. No more partying all the time. Um, no more drinking all the time. No more just training when it's fight week or, you know, fight camps. So you're training, what, 16 weeks out of 52 a year. It seems as though after that, when he went back to training, he's been doing nothing but boxing riding horses, and then being with his family. And I thought this would be the best version of Harold Spence. And I think he went out in that fight and proved it. No no slow start. He went out there from the gate and dominated. And I think he sat down on his punch. He took punches very well. And outside of getting Danny Garcia out of there, because he really didn't crack him clean. But with Danny, that's kind of tough because you're always guarded against the counter. I thought Errol Spence looked great. And, and better than he looked against Sean Porter and um, even Kel Brook to a sense before Brooks' orbital broke. I mean, Brook took a couple rounds from him. This is probably his best outing outside of a very small Mikey Garcia. Hmm. I don't know if it's his best outing, but I thought it was very, very impressive. But it played out exactly what I said on this show and everywhere else I've talked. Danny Garcia doesn't punch enough to give arrow problems. That was it. The punch output didn't force Errol to be concerned about much of anything except what was coming back. Danny was the perfect opponent for a man who hasn't fought in 14 months and is recovering was recovering from a life-threatening car accident. Perfect opponent. 
Sean Porter would have tested Arrow. And I and I'll say that maybe the fight with Sean was better than this because it forced Arrow to dig deep and fight. Whereas in this fight, Arrow just kind of had his way with Danny cuz Danny yep. doesn't punch. So Arrow just kind of shot the jab for 12 rounds, jab to the head and body, made sure he was not in position to get countered and easily won this fight. I was surprised. I, like I said it was going to be 116-112. I gave Danny one round. One. I think it was like That's the tough. Ninth. It was like the ninth. But still, Errol Spence is, in my mind, and I've argued with a lot of people on this, he's the number two pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. I mean, I think him and Terrence Crawford are battling for two and three. I don't think so. I I just don't know. Like, yeah, Sean is better than... Everybody Terrence has fought. It's tough. Not tough. Because is Sean, is Sean better than Gamboa was at that time? Yes, fought him? absolutely. Gamboa was undefeated. Yes, but Gamboa hadn't fought in how many years? When like Gambo was the, remember because Gambo was dealing with the whole Fifty Cent situation. He was, he was, yeah. His promoting situation was kind of weird. yeah. Like Terrence Crawford, it, I say this all the time. It's just not his fault. He hasn't really fought anybody. He just, but he looks excellent against everybody. But the, the difference maker when it comes to who gets the nod in pound for pound is gonna be when they're both undefeated resume. And what Errol Spence just did to Danny Garcia, who's a former WBC champion, is pretty fucking impressive. Terrence doesn't have that. Terrence needs to fight one of these guys so we can start comparing. The only thing, yeah. what are we going to do? Compare Kel Brook? Not really. It's not fair. I, guess, be- I mean, you no can't. One, no one touches the guy. Like, and that's untrue because the guy gets in firefights. But no one like gets close to pushing him. There's no close decisions. There's no like. I mean, he Errol got Spence being Sean Porter by a knockdown, and the rest of the fight is six six. No, like no one takes rounds from Terrence. Like Terrence beats everyone emphatically. Yeah, it's just like Jeff Horn, Julius Ndongo. Like I mean, Jeff Horn took Pacquiao like the distance and it was gifted a decision, but I'm, he went to distance. I'm just saying Crawford beat the brakes you, off him. You can't you can't possibly compare Jeff Horn to Sean Porter or Danny Garcia. No, no, but I mean at least Pacquiao losing to him gives you a basis of comparison. Yeah. In yeah, okay. It's it's Crawford just beat the brakes off him. <laughs> Errol Errol Spence has been known. To be for years as one of the best kept secrets in boxing when he was beating the shit out of everybody in Floyd's gym. But now it's coming to fruition because it, Terrence hasn't beat anybody as cl- nearly as good as Mikey Garcia. No. So th- there, that's it again. It's just not Terrence's fault. I can't put him ahead of Errol until he beats somebody that's Danny Garcia's level, Sean Porter's level, Mikey Garcia's level. Everybody that Terrence has beat kind of hangs around the a notch below that. Like Errol's other victories, Lamont Peterson and Kell Brook, um, Chris Algieri, who he just kind of beat the brakes off of. Um, and when he fights those guys, like Lamont Peterson too, Errol, Errol pulverizes these guys. But like Mikey, he pitched the shutout. 
Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mikey Garcia was top 10 pound for pound. Even though he was small, yeah. the motherfucker couldn't win a round against Errol. When Errol's in his bag, you can't beat him. He's my number two pound for pound fighter in the world. Terrence is three. And That's fair. This I mean, is, you're splitting hairs. That's not bad. I, I mean, yeah, fair. T- to me, it's a pretty clear two and three, but I, it's obvious now more than ever, if you're not going to make Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence next, you have to make Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter. You have to. Sean is the mandatory I, to the WBO. How can you not that, make this fight? Because Pacquiao is out there. If you can get Pacquiao, I don't give a fuck who's the mandatory. You do not fight the mandatory. You fight Manny Pacquiao. It won't if be. If you not fight Manny Pacquiao, then yes, Sean Porter has to be the guy. It won't be Manny. If it was going to be Manny, they would have did it a long time ago. No, but they were close to doing it minus pandemic. So yeah. I think Manny believes that he can have one last ride with these titles for better or worse like Manny didn't have to fight Keith Thurman that's a dangerous fight he was one time he's undefeated like not like Manny is ducking people that's no, a no, tough no. ass fight no so, he's not I mean, ducking people but you, you have to be very clear between um knucklehead Sean and Sean Gibbons and Freddie Roach and now Al Heyman Manny's not making his own decisions like he'll say he's not gonna he's not gonna duck anybody and we all believe it but Freddie's not going to put him in there with Arrow or Bud. Freddie is looking at Mikey Garcia, Conor McGregor, because that'll make him the most money, and he can ride off into the sunset. As much as Manny says that he wants to defend the titles, let's be honest here. Manny's legacy is set. This is about getting yeah, paid. He doesn't have to defend the titles at all. Like unless he's collecting titles, I don't. That's no. why the Mikey Garcia fight doesn't make sense to me. Like he's not going to put money in your pockets necessarily, and all you're doing is defending your title. Yes, but that's what all Manny get. cares about. It's a big fight. It's not like he doesn't bring anything to the table. You can fight Mikey Joe doesn't. Trump, like, Did you see the arrow fight and how many people Mikey brought to that fight? Have you been to a Mikey Garcia fight and watch how many people come out to see Mikey Garcia fight? It's strange. He has a strong following. It's a very Mexican following. That's why. As much as we love Errol, as much as we love Terrence, they don't really put butts in seats. They don't sell pay-per-views. True. So, I can't see Freddie Roach saying before, uh, I'm not going to put Manny in there with Errol or Bud. Now says that he will, especially when Manny's just getting older and not fighting. He's going to be at a severe size disadvantage against Errol Spence. That fight ain't happening. They'd be silly to do it unless there's a whole lot of money. Al Heyman is not going to be interested in doing I don't. I don't see it. I'm not going to say it's impossible. I don't see Al Heyman going, hey, Manny, I know Bob was there for you before, but now you're with me. But let's go split some money with Bob Arum for a Terrence Crawford fight. <laughs> yep. I'd rather keep it in the house. Just, just telling you how the talks were going previously. So if they think it can happen again and they can make it happen, you take that fight. If you cannot, yeah, I believe Sean Porter is the best option. Yeah, and they they just have to make that fight. I think Sean Porter is... I I mean, Errol can honestly sit to the side if he doesn't want to fight until next summer. No, no, no. Bud can fight Sean in the spring and then come back for a turnaround in July. No, no, no. There's a fight for Errol. Keith Thurman. He's not fighting Keith Thurman. He doesn't, Why not? You talk about not wanting to give someone money. He does not want to give Keith Thurman money. He wants to give him a beating. Title. 
Mm, I, don't, I think that is past. I think Keith Thurman not giving Errol the chance. It's more, satisfi- more satisfying for Errol to not fight him and say, you should have fought me and took this ass whooping when I needed you than to say, I'm going to give you a paycheck. Well, there is no I'm going to give you a paycheck. This is Al Heyman. They do what Al says. And Uh, I'd be shocked if that fight happens. I wouldn't. I won't be shocked. I I agree with you in the sense that, you know, because Keith stalled out for so long, Arrow could be really bitter. But Arrow's going to have to fight. And there's really nobody else he can fight. If it's not Manny, and it's not Bud, and it's not Sean. Well, I mean, I think he, he could fight Manny. Like, if, if you can swing that, I don't think Manny's team wants to fight no. him. Like, again, Bud came up from 135, moved up in weight. Bud is a small 147. Mikey Garcia is a guy who is a small 147, honestly, still a 140 fighter. So those are both good options for Pacquiao. I think both are better than Errol Spence. Yeah. So Not to say Keith Thurman was small. Like, Keith Thurman was pretty fucking big. Manny handled him fine. In the re- but you know what? But again, we like you know why they picked Keith Thurman. He was gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, it was pillow hands by then. When, Not even he wasn't he wasn't was even gone. pillow hands. The whole like the whole thing with Manny Pacquiao. In order to fight Manny Pacquiao, your timing has to be on point. There's no way you can fight Manny Pacquiao and just not have your timing on point. Keith Thurman was shocked because he couldn't deal with Manny's speed because he had been away from the ring for almost two years. If yeah. Keith was active, they wouldn't have taken that fight. No, perfect time, perfect way to get a title. It was perfect storm. Yeah, and then plus, and we'll see what Manny does. What What was the fight before that? Keith Thurman fought who? Josecito Lopez. What happened in that fight? Yep. Lopez hurt Keith bad. You think Manny's team didn't look at that fight and say, "Oh, we're taking this fight. We can beat oh, him." Same with the same thing with Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner was toothless good. by that time. This strategic. Yep. They know what they're doing. Manny's about to be 43 years old. They ain't rolling the dice with Bud and, and Errol. So, yes, ultimately, you got to make Porter versus Crawford. The biggest issue, more than anything else, because if Terrence handles Sean Porter, then you can compare these two fighters. Because now they have a similar fighter who is in the realm. It's not like he was washed up. No, nope. They're fighting him at roughly the same time. And if if Crawford can handle Sean Porter, then that's the fight to make. And we we really have to talk about Sean. On that broadcast, Sean was like not scared to say Terrence Crawford's name. Sean was like, "I'll fight all of you." I I I don't like that Errol and Bud do that. I don't need him. I don't need him. Sean's like, "I'll fight all of you." That's the attitude you need to have. I don't understand why Errol doesn't do this. It kind of annoys me. Call him yeah, out. Like. Again, a lot of, for them, it's a lot of, I need to be the A-side. I need this money. I need. Yeah, Sean's that. just like, yo, listen, I'll win and the money will come. Yeah, just fuck that. Like, you, gotta, like you can only do this, I need to be the A-side so long, for so long because you know what happens? How can you be an A-side when there's no fight? <laughs> like, when there's no fight? Yeah, like, you're going you're gonna to be the A-side against someone who's really shitty and end up making less money than you would have doing a 50-50 split or being the B-side. Yeah, like, just do it. You're hurting boxing by doing this, ultimately. I saw somebody had asked, I think both me and you, would you rather see Spence uh, Crawford or Joshua Fury? And I was like, in my, I was like, dude, it's, it's Spence Crawford. Easy. Like, Joshua and Fury, like, I honestly, I have a strong belief that that fight happens. Yes. 
Because I think both of those guys are in the mold of a Sean Porter, which they're like, yeah, no, like, we're good. I Listen, promoters say a lot of weird shit, right? And, like, you got to take a lot of what they say with a grain of salt. I believe Eddie and Bob when they say, yo, the finances are done on this. Like, we got to do, like, okay, is this fight in the UK? Is this in Vegas? Like, when can we have fans? Blah, blah. Like, those logistics, how do we work it out with the networks? Um, exactly how much money they're giving. But in terms of fighter pay, they're like, nah, we're taking 50-50. The winner gets 60-40 in the rematch. Yeah, I think that's done. Why do they make this so difficult? I don't know. Like, I, I believe them when they said, like, no, no, this is, no, we got that part down. Like, no, we we understand. Like, fighter pay, no, that's that's not going to hold us back at all. Yeah, man. They got to So, I mean, I it's it's crazy. So, I believe that fight happens. I need Spence and Crawford to fight. And I think they will fight. It's a matter of, I don't want to see them fight when Mayweather and Pacquiao fought. Yes, exactly. And we're, we're left with a lifetime of what ifs. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good enough. Yeah. So, so um, here's a question for you before we move on. Yep. Where does Danny Garcia go from here? We disagree on this. And uh, I believe the best thing for Danny Garcia is to go back to 140. You said you're not sure if he can make it um, weight-wise. I think he has to dedicate himself and force himself to make it. Because I think he can still compete at 140. I look at both champions there and say, I think Danny Garcia can give them a hell of a fight, or beat both of them. Um, Jose Ramirez is there to be hit. I think Danny can really get his stuff off against him. I think it works well. Um, Richard's progress is still a great fighter there. He almost had the belt. So you look at that, I think Danny competes very well with everyone at 140. I would love to see Danny fight Teofimo Lopez if Lopez moves up eventually to hard-hitting counterpunchers. I think that's a money fight. Danny can do, and I, I think that's his best option. And to say, like, oh, he's in his 30s, he can't get down, to me, that's lazy. Like, UFC fighters do this shit all the time. We just saw Jose Aldo, who's had an entire career drop down, because that's what you have to do instead of being a gatekeeper. And he earned a title shot. He lost, but he earned a title shot in the UFC. I think if Danny doesn't want to be a gatekeeper, he has to go down to 140. Yeah, I I do disagree because I think in boxing, it's we don't see too many fighters move down and have success after being up. And I think in Danny's case, it's more mental than it is physical. Because even if you move down to 40, he doesn't change who he is as a fighter. And the biggest problem with Danny Garcia is he doesn't throw enough punches. He relies so heavily on counterpunching that if you don't give him anything to counter, as Errol Spence did, then what is he going to do? And I think you go to 140. Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez are really fucking good. Yeah, then, but I give them a better shot against them than Terrence Crawford, um, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman. Like, you already saw that you can't beat them. So I, I give you a better shot going down. Because guess what? You throw less punches, but at least your punches got more on them. Maybe but, that power comes back. See, that's the problem. Power doesn't really come back like that. You got it or you don't. And yes, I, I maybe Broner, Broner was even a better fighter at 144 than he was at 147. Yeah, like but like he's 
Broner, he was able to go up and down. Every time he came up, he got embarrassed. If he went back down, even to a catch weight, he looked better. And his lack of um, his lack of productivity didn't hurt him as much. Yes, it did. Like Broner, okay, Broner, <laughs> Broner looked good at thirty five and thirty, right? And then he went up to forty seven, yeah. and he had a hard time with Pauli Malinacci, right? He didn't the the power didn't carry. But the bigger issue was it wasn't just that he he wasn't cutting the weight right the right way he wasn't doing doing anything the right way, but then it was the opponents. Broner wasn't beating top competition. That's what we found out about Adrian Broner. Wasn't just the weight. Motherfucker just wasn't that good. So <laughs> with Danny Garcia, he's fought the best at forty seven, and. Ego aside, it's really hard. Like, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, go down to 40 and then lose to somebody else. Because that's what it sounds like to me. Like, you go down to yeah, 40. You least, can, huh? You might lose. But at least you give yourself a fighting chance. I mean, he had a fight. Look, man. He narrowly lost to Keith Thurman. He narrowly lost to Sean Porter. It's not like he got blown out. Honestly, <laughs> this is going to sound funny. I'd like to see Danny Garcia fight Adrian Broner. Loser leaves town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like listen, the man needs a win. I'm not against that. I like to see a lot of people fight Adrian Broner. To be, I mean, Broner's talking about coming back to 140. I think there's great fights there. Like Regis Progress would be a great fight for him at 140. Um, I just think the bigger issue, the bigger issue for me. Here, here's the bigger issue. The bigger issue for me is Danny Garcia goes down to 40. He shouldn't get a title fight, right? He's not ranked. Mm-hmm. So if he goes down to 40, he has to fight somebody else in order to get ranked, in order to be somebody's mandatory. Yeah. So Because he has to prove he can make the weight and look good in that weight. So maybe he yep. does fight a Regis Prograde or a Mo Hooker, right? Well, Mo Hooker's yep. at 47 now. But he can't immediately jump into the title picture. So why not beat up Adrian Broner? You need a win. Go get it. Or, hey, look, if it doesn't pan out, Mikey Garcia and Danny Garcia, I'd like to see it. Oh, what hell of a fight. That, I mean, that's a great fight, even at 147. I mean, at 147, again, if he stays there, he's going to be a gatekeeper because I want to see him versus uh, Boots, Boots Enos. Yeah, who, but, by the way, they didn't mention it all during this. Because he's a Showtime guy. Like, Boots has got a oh, really well, strange situation going on. He's, like, kind of... Like Clarissa. Yeah. Like, they, they're stuck in a weird place with Showtime. Yeah. So, but but here's the thing. Like, I know I know what you're saying about a gatekeeper, but you are what you are, right? Like, you can't really change what you are. How many gatekeepers have moved down and, and ran from a division and became champion? Nah, that's, yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. So, does, look, does that mean you don't try? You just take ass women after ass women? No. Because he's I, good enough to beat the non-elite. Like, yeah. let's be real. Like, he, he can still get wins. It's just, you're just getting wins to then lose. I mean, look, he's got to believe in himself, right? Even, like, something's got to click, and maybe it won't. That but, might be gone. Yeah, that might be gone. So it's like, Danny Garcia versus Keith Thurman, too, is a fight I wouldn't mind watching. Danny Garcia versus Jose Cito Lopez in a fight to get back on the horse. Wouldn't mind seeing it. There's people he could fight at 47. They may not be world champions, but he's, he, there are good fights still for him at 147. He just may not be that guy to ever win a world title again. I mean, at least he's had several. But, yeah, you might be right. I mean, Hooker is probably the best fight for him to yeah. see, like, what do I have at 147? Hooker's moving up. He's not a, you know, a guy who's just at 140 and sized out. 
he's a guy who's lost fights. I mean, Jose Ramirez beat the brakes off. So he's a guy who's there to be hit. See what you got. Yeah. See if you still got that pop. So I think that's probably you solved the equation. That's the best fight for him. Mo Hooker going forward. That should be Danny Garcia's next fight. Um, let's take a break because when we come back, we still have two fights to preview before we get out of here. So thank you guys for sticking with us this entire show. We still got more to come. Anthony Joshua fights this weekend. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, just that quick, we are back. It is the home stretch of the show, and we're opening up. Not talking about Anthony Joshua yet, because that's the marquee fight this weekend. But we have Shakur Stevenson fighting as well. It's the last top-ranked card on ESPN for the year. Closing out 2020, I think, with a good fight. It was supposed to be um, a better fight. I think it was supposed to be Ramirez versus Valdez. One hell of a fight. But that gets pushed back until 2021. Shakur Stevenson steps up to save the card. Showcase fight for him, if we're being real. He's going to go out there. It's another fight where he gets to just get comfortable at 140 pounds. Yeah. And he's still the number one contender um, for his belt at 140 pounds. He's just waiting to see if it's going to be unified. So he's trying to see who comes out of that. Uh, Frampton, I believe, and Herring uh, are the two champions. And then he gets the winner of that. So, yeah, he's just waiting, staying busy. I really like where Shakur is. In a perfect world, what does his 2021 look like? In a perfect world, Shakur Stevenson's 2021 ends with him fighting Lomachenko. Mm, that quick. Yeah. I think Shakur is... We're at a stage right now where none of these guys want to wait. There's no reason to. Lomachenko's on the back of it. He's honestly probably going to be on the back of it in his career. Now, the scary thing is he might go down and wait and just be unbeatable again. We don't know. <laughs> but if you're Shakur, um, that's probably a guy you want to target at the end of the year because if you lose a Lomachenko, it doesn't really hurt. Like, if Lomachenko comes back in his next fight and looks amazing at 35, right, mm-hmm. maybe they do fight. Maybe he takes another chance at 40. I don't know. But that's that's a fight that I really would like to see. Um other than that, I just think he fights three times next year, and he enters that. He's weird. He's in a weird spot because he's not in the Haney, Garcia, Tank, uh, Tiafimo conversation, but he should be because he's like been a weight class below those guys, but now he's right there. In 2022, it feels like 
if he has a great year, he fights at least one of those guys. I don't know who. But he's proven to me to pass the eye test. Now it just needs to be put into practice. So if that's Lomachenko at the end of 2021, great. If it's not, and if it's like, I don't know, somebody else at 40, I mean, you're missing the Frampton-Herring fight, that'll be a big deal. If he watches one of those guys, interesting. I just saw a picture of him on Instagram with his, he looks great. He looks like he's filling out. He looks a lot bigger than 140, which is crazy. But he, the sky's the limit for that kid, man. He's really good. No, yeah, I mean, my ideal 2021 doesn't end in Lomachenko because I don't know if Lomachenko has a belt to make it worthwhile. Like, that's that's a great name on the resume, but unless he has a title and he can help you become undisputed, I don't see where that's beneficial. So, personally, I think you go Jamel Herring, let's say he beats Frampton, whatever, or Frampton, whichever guy you want to plug in there. He fights them in April. You win that fight. And then you chase Jojo Diaz with all your heart. Mm. Yeah. I think trying to get the belt off of Jojo is priority number one. And you fight Jojo Diaz. I think that's a winnable fight for him. I think matchup-wise, stylistically, that's great. And you let Lomachenko chase Miguel Burchell. Easy fight to make. Same promoters. And you see... If Lomachenko could beat Burchell, and then if Lomachenko takes the belt off of him, end of 2021, early 2022, you fight Lomachenko in a match for three belts. Who knows what Tank Davis does at that time? He may vacate the other 130-pound belt. Yeah, he probably will. I'm sure he will. He ain't going to hang around there too long. There's money fights of 35 and 40, mainly 40. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So, I mean... You're, Jojo Diaz is the guy you got to go and get that belt off of. Yeah, you just got to. Not that shit's hanging out there forever. You just got to deal with Golden Boy. And nobody wants to do that. No, but I think I think that's one you can swing. That's possible. Um, it makes sense. You know, Jojo Diaz is, is, is eager to prove himself. He looked fantastic against Tevin Farmer, and he hasn't fought since. Yep. So It would have been harder to fight Farmer. Yeah. I think Jojo is easier to strike a deal with. Yeah, yeah. You know who's funny in this all these conversations? The guy that we never mentioned, the Jay Electronic of boxing? Gary Russell Jr. Gary Russell Jr. Isn't he still at 126? No, he's, he's He said he wanted to be at 130. No, he's still WBC champ at 126. Yeah, but he says he could make 35. Do something. Like, he was talking about fighting Devin Haney and then backed off. Like, come on, man. Yeah, he ain't fighting nobody. That'd be a good fight for Tank if Tank wanted to stay at 130. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, Gary Russell Jr. is really good. I just, I cannot make sense of his career. It Once is a year. It's like, the guy doesn't like earning money. Right. It's crazy. Like, he gets a check, and he's just like, ah, okay. He's not a prize fighter. <laughs> like, he's a fighter, not a prize fighter. He's like, I'll show up once a year. I'm good. Right. I, I can't, can't call it, my man. Can't call it. But, yeah, 130 looks good. A lot of good matchups. Um, again, Shakur could just fight Burchell. And go that route and try to get two belts and then strong arm everyone else. So, I mean, two of the belts are within top rank and within his grasp in the next year. So, you can go Herring Frampton and then Burchell, who he thinks he can beat. And, um, yeah, and then you end up a unified champion by the age of 22. 
So wait, wait, wait. Are we just assuming that Bertel beats Valdez? Oh no, no, no. Valdez might beat the hell out of him. Yeah. So one of them. Very true. One of them. Valdez is really good. But then if Valdez wins, I think we get Valdez versus Jojo Diaz. Possible. I don't know. Shakur, like, it's a lot easier for top rank to do everything underneath this umbrella before reaching over to JoJo. JoJo's got a mandatory. Can't remember who it is. So they, they, they'll figure this out. But Shakur needs to just bust through and fight one of those guys. I think it'll happen. Yeah, I think, I think he ends up with one, possibly two belts by the end of the year. I think he's that good. I agree. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, he's going to put on a show this weekend. And then, yeah, the main fight. Anthony Joshua versus Kubrat Pulev. And uh, Pulev hasn't lost since he lost to Klitschko. He also Crazy, fought he hasn't had another title fight. Yeah, I was about to say, he hasn't had another title fight or a big fight since then. Um, I think this is a pretty safe fight for Anthony Joshua. If he wants to box, like he boxed against Andrew Ruiz, he could win the decision with his eyes closed. If he wants to thump, he could still win. In, in remarkable fashion, I just don't know. That's a lot less safe because I've seen Anthony Joshua touch the ground a lot. So I think you take the safe route and then you, you know, see if Tyson Fury is next or if he's not next, you knock Usyk off so you have no impediments to having an undisputed champion at heavyweight. And not I, saying that Usyk's an easy fight. I think Joshua's going to try to knock out Pulev. Reason being is Pulev is not a big puncher, despite his size. Um, I was gonna say he's a big ass dude, but yeah, I guess you're right. He's a he's a big dude, but you know, he doesn't really knock out anybody, right? So it's like Joshua's probably not gonna be too concerned with his power, and his technique is clearly better. So he's gonna try to knock him out to make a statement. If he realizes that Pulev has a good chin, as Pulev has proved against um, who who did he fight? He fought a. Uh, Jesus Christ, what am I thinking? Derek Chisora. Uh, oh, yeah. He took those shots. He fought Sam Peter, but Sam Peter was like way over the hill. But he got knocked out by Klitschko. And I know Anthony Josh was looking at that and was like, well, shit. <laughs> if he can knock him out, I can knock him out. He's older, longer in the tooth. Joshua still getting better, refining his tools. He wants to have a big finish. He just, I'm just curious, like, don't take too big of a risk because even though Pulo's not a big puncher, he's a big dude, and you put enough weight behind that punch, it still can hurt you. Um, And you got to kind of play it safe because you don't want to fuck up the money. <laughs> like, if you lose this fight, everything goes out the window. So. Oh, yeah. No, nah, you can't. <laughs> you got to be safe. <laughs> Again, it's great to make a statement, but the money fights are after this. Yeah. So I think Joshua comes out. I think he, he he sees what Pulev has to offer for a round or two. And then I think he spends between rounds four and six trying to get him out of there. If Pulev doesn't give him anything, then he'll box him to a decision. But I think he's going to look at him real early and be like, all right, let's see what you got. And he's going to test that chin. And if Pulev folds under the pressure, or if he takes a step backwards, oh, it's over. Joshua's going to be all over him. But, you know, it's boxing, man. You know, anything can happen, especially with the heavyweights. But AJ needs this. Boxing. <laughs> like AJ needs this win. He cannot play around. He has to get this. And I think I think we, he gets this win. Do you think we see Joshua Fury in 2021? Yes. Yes, I absolutely. Agree. Do you think it's Do you think it's his next fight? That I don't know. I don't know how this Usyk's card is going to be played and how this all shakes out. But I think 
they already got the, the, the framework in place for the fight. There's no reason for it not to happen. And in both sides are like, man, fuck Deontay Wilder. <laughs> like, no, nobody's worried about him. Oh, yeah. Now, Wilder got, I mean, again, he let it lapse. He don't got a, he don't got a leg to stand on. Yeah. He knows that now. He's looking at other opponents. Yeah, I mean, he has to, man. Like I said, the worst thing that I think Wilder could do is come back and jump right into a fight with Fury. He needs yeah. a confidence boost. I, I think this is saving him from himself. Yes, because he, his, mentally he's not there. He's still making excuses for why he lost. No. Him versus Andy Ruiz is the perfect fight. It is. Him versus Ruiz, him versus Dillian White. Like, those are all fights. Luis, no, nah, not Luis Ortiz. I'm sorry. He already beat him twice. But um, Dillian White and Andy Ruiz are the fights to make. One of those guys. Make the damn fight. Like, do it. Other than that, shut up. So, yeah. Joshua Fury, absolutely the fight to make in 2021. Should happen next. Um, I'm it's easy to make because they can do it overseas. They can have people in the arena. They'll be fine. Yep. So we'll see. We'll just see what Usyk has to do. Usyk wasn't terribly impressive in his last fight, and I feel like he should get another fight at heavyweight before he challenges Anthony Joshua. But he's the mandatory, and maybe he just doesn't want to wait. Yeah, I don't think he wants to wait, especially when all the belts are hanging in the balance. Um, the last thing you want to do is, like, a go to Tyson Fury, and you're just – Shit out of luck, right? And frozen out of the, out of things. So, um, especially if you got to wait for a rematch clause and then another rematch clause, and shit gets crazy. Yeah. So he might want to take a shot now. But I, again, I don't think he wins that fight because I think he needs a little more seasoning at heavyweight. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, but uh, I agree. We can agree completely on Anthony Joshua and his path after this. So, uh, yeah, man, that was our boxing show for today. It was great. Talk comedy to start it off, which is cool. Getting to dive into movies. Um, one of your many passions, movies and video games, probably very high on the list. Yes. So it was cool talking about that. Uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. Hopefully you guys are out there staying safe, staying Rona-free. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to the network, Blue Wire, as always. Shout out to all of the sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. Make sure you check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. A great episode on there as well just dropped. I'm sure you guys will be very entertained. Make sure you guys check that out. And... Till next time, though, we still got one more show this week. You guys don't go anywhere. That one's going to be fun, too. We're talking MMA later on in the week, getting you ready for the weekend. So make sure you guys stay safe, like I said before. Till next time, we're out. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.